Welcome to Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Automobile Dealers Association. Good day, everyone. This is Jason Wilson of KADA, and welcome to another edition of Kentucky Horsepower. With me today is uh, Tom Underwood and Ryan Underwood, respectively, KADA's lobbyists who have been very busy this past session. And now I can say past, guys, because it is actually uh, in the books, but... uh, Boy, there was a lot of activity going on, and what we're going to try and do today for those of you listening or watching is go through the key uh, bills that impacted our dealers, our industry, and things that we want to make sure you know about. Because, uh, guys, to say it was a uh, busy session is an understatement, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you could go go there. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're looking at a couple of guys here that are probably going to take a short vacation here. Uh, At least I hope they can. but let's, uh, let's get right into it. And of course, the one that we've been talking about the most, and you all who have been keeping up with our uh, emails and uh, past podcasts, is House Bill 284, the Clerk's Bill. Let's talk about that one first. That was, our, of course, our big focus, our primary focus. Uh, Tom, Ryan, why don't you hit the highlights of that, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Well, 284 was a long-time team effort. There was over a year's worth of uh, work in the previous session and and the task force this summer worked through. And uh, then the bill came through and we had a great coalition working together uh, with bringing in the fleet operators. We managed to bring Amazon in and some other people, but the clerks were fantastic to work with, uh, um, putting together the meetings with them, the field trips. and, And I think we have really turned a corner with that relationship. But what 284 is going to do is create a massive modernization as part of the CAVIS system. And sorry about that. And uh, uh, we'll be able to see the clerk system interface with the dealer management systems directly to cut down on uh, time and expense involved in the paperwork and all, to speed up transactions, to speed up perfection of liens, Everything about it is going to move us forward, at least into the late 20th century. And so we're excited about that. Yeah, we are. And, and to, to Tom's point, the, um, I think the field trip was a big part of it. Part of the issue with this bill was because in this whole process, as it relates to modernization, is there was no all wise knowing person in Kentucky because Kentucky's never had this. So uh, part of, to Tom's point, what we did last s- summer was we started speaking with uh, with the clerks and having a conversation. And the field trip that Tom mentioned was that uh, we took a look at the states that are uh, surrounding us and what is what is most set up like Kentucky. Well, that ended up being Ohio. So uh, with some help of uh, some friends, we got that field trip together and it was eye-opening. And suddenly electronic titling to, in the clerk's mind was not the boogeyman uh, that they previously thought or were leery of at least some were and they saw this as a real roadmap or or solution so uh great effort all the way around this this was a true team uh team sport on this one and as evidenced by the way it passed it was unanimous in both the house and the senate and uh and kudos to uh both representative meredith and senator howell who really took the lead on this uh particularly those dealers that are in their districts uh, reach out, thank them for their work. Uh, it, they were true uh, leaders and uh, carry, carriers of this bill and uh, could not have been more cooperative or better friends to us on this. 
Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Chairman Meredith, who's been around about 22 years in the General Assembly, told me, he said, huh, that's the first time we've ever seen the task force actually pass a bill. <laughs> so uh, that was a milestone, landmark legislation, no doubt. So very good. So we're going to, so we wanted to lead with that. And of course, we've been talking about that a lot, but wanted to give you a little bit behind the scenes on that and how that all came together. Uh, now, moving on. Will be a two-year implementation on that. This right. is not going to suddenly happen right away because we are following the CAVIS lead to, to interface with that. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for that. So yes, that was part of the uh, language that's put in the bill. So we do, this is a work in progress. We're not flipping the switch here, but uh, it does call for a, in two years, we need to be ready to rock and roll. So We'll, uh, we'll work to that end. Um, so next we'll move to House Bill 321 and uh, the temp tag bill. Uh, guys, let's talk about that one. That was an offshoot of the uh, task force work product. Uh, we had some uh, other uh, automobile sales uh, organizations that came to us and were concerned. They wanted a lot longer to do that, but there was a, a conflict between the statute and the regulation about what was 30 days, what was 60 days. Mm -hmm. Now it's 60 days. As soon as this takes force, uh, about mid-July, temp tax will be 60 days, period. Good. I, I think everybody can agree that's a, that's a good number, certainly an improvement, especially after all we've gone through over the last couple of years. It just made sense. Uh, so sensible legislation there. Um, Senate Bill 114, the Catalytic Converter Bill. Let's chat about that. Senator uh, Westerfield yes. uh, was the uh, leader on that. And uh, Senator Westerfield, and this ran through uh, the Judiciary Committee. Uh, this effectively imposes stronger um, penalties against those who were stealing catalytic converters, uh, puts up some stiffer guardrails against those who were buying and selling catalytic converters uh, just to hold just to kind of put some accountability on where you're getting these from to make right, sure right. that people are going onto people's lots or even into private residences and, and cutting off catalytic converters and going to sell them. So this, this basically makes this, what was already a crime, a very enforceable and stringent crime now. It's now more illegal. It's yes. Right. There we go. Well, as it continues to be an issue and a problem throughout the country, it's good to see that there was at least some movement on this to make it uh, get some more teeth in this, so to speak. So that is, that's a positive thing. Um, House Bill 6, another one. Uh, this was, uh, gentlemen, let's chat about that. House Bill 6. House Bill 6 was a, uh, was a piece of legislation that in recent years, we've seen things pop up, especially COVID related. Um, this, we saw a lot of the value of used cars increased dramatically. That obviously uh, changed the tax valuation of people's vehicles so this locked in the tax rates to the 2019 right. uh, vehicle uh, valuation tax rate and it was one that a letter came out from the department of revenue saying this is going to be the change they were working off of the actuarial tables that they had yeah. um and the general assembly leapt at this and it was an all hands on deck effort to to get this corrected for the public. But Boy, there, there, there was a general uprising out there because they announced there was going to be a 40 percent increase in property yeah. taxes on vehicles. And as soon as the General Assembly got deeply involved, the governor did uh, issue an executive order freezing 
the rates and beginning the uh, refund checks, I believe, are supposed to start going out next week mm -hmm. to individuals yeah. that renew their vehicles in January and February. So uh, that's law. And I want to thank uh, Representative Patrick Flannery uh, for being the lead on that, even while he was undergoing chemotherapy for cancer. So he really stepped up and kept the fight going all the way through. And uh, God bless him. And hopefully he comes through the cancer very well. Well, and that's, look, that's, that's something else that he was instrumental that, that helps us. He was one of our award recipients last year, legislative awards for the work uh, he's, he's done uh, in the past. So that's, you know, wish him all the best, obviously, and uh, thanking, thank him for his contribution on this as well. Um, next, let's move to Senate Bill 91 as it relates to off-site deliveries. And this is sort of interesting. So Tom, I'll let you start that. And then I might have a couple of comments as well. Well, it started with a dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, That's the, right. General Motors has been uh, campaigning this bill around. Uh, and basically what it does, it, it makes it legal for dealers to s deliver vehicles off their site of their retail facilities. It's, it's a relatively simple bill. Jason, you want to talk about the changes that were made for us? Yeah, so, you know, we, we looked in this work anytime, frankly, um, when a manufacturer comes, comes to you and says, we have something, we're here to help. It's sort of like I'm with the government and I'm here to help. We're just leery. Um, uh, but it, we, after much dialogue and, and discussion, and as Tom mentioned, this is something that was going on in other states as well. So I talked to my peers, talked to NADA, our legal team, et cetera. Um, what we did was use the opportunity to actually strengthen a little bit of language in this. So with that, now what we did put in it, yes, it can be offsite, but it has to be derived by a franchise in within the states. We wanted to make sure this there was not some sort of end around to direct sales, which of course we were assured that was not the case at all. But having that little bit of language in there uh, just makes it that much better uh, from the dealer perspective. And frankly, what this bill speaks to is what you all have been doing over the last couple of years, especially anyways, as it relates to having to adapt and adjust with COVID and doing uh, touchless deliveries, if you will, and delivering cars and all those things. So um, we felt this was actually a, a, a good bill uh, at the end of it. And uh, so that one went through this fine and uh, Senator Jimmy Higdon carried that. Uh, so we, you know, he's been also very helpful to us uh, through the years and again this year. Uh, so uh, let's move on to uh, House Bill 490, uh, counterfeit airbags. Uh, well, that's the way House Bill 490 started out after uh, we fended off. Originally, it was House Bill 321. Or 320. I'm sorry, 320. And the uh, trial attorneys had stuck a section on it that would have uh, retained liability to dealerships yeah. if they sold a vehicle that had a counterfeit airbag in it that they did or didn't, if they knew about it. Well, right. where, where's the standard on that? Right. So we uh, managed to fend that off and work with the manufacturers. The manufacturing consortium brought this. And uh, now it is once again, more illegal to use a counterfeit airbag in the state of Kentucky. So I think the main thrust of that is we were able to protect the dealers from potential lawsuits. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. Look, a lot of what goes on through this session, uh, through these legislative sessions, isn't what's, isn't what's passed, but also what's killed. And uh, this was uh, 
killed as it should be in a quick and efficient manner. And uh, as it related to the, uh, the uh, trial attorneys portion of that, uh, so now a counterfeit airbag, to your point, is even more counterfeit. Or <laughs> I'd really like to see a counterfeit airbag because yeah. I've never seen such a thing. Yeah, so. the, the next time I see a counterfeit airbag will be the first time. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I think it involves hefty bags and some kind of a little inflator. So there you go. There you go. So at any rate, that was one we at least wanted to make mention of to you. And I think the last one we'll we'll talk about today before we wrap up is House Bill 8. Uh, and that's a tax bill as it relates to fees on EVs and hybrids. So, gentlemen, let's talk about that one. Uh, House Bill 8 in its entirety was the comprehensive tax reform package for this year, but it also included uh, in its last iteration all the language for electric vehicle taxing going forward in the future. Um, it was amended again late in session by House Bill 659, which changes the effective date, but in essence, uh, the electric vehicle and motor vehicle uh, language in House Bill 8 has to do with uh, taxing per kilowatt hour at charging stations uh, and then ownership uh, fees. Because as you know, obviously, if you're not buying gasoline, you're not paying road taxes. Right. So this corrects that um, and sets forth a basically a, a payment standard for how much is going to be paid per kilowatt hour when you're charging who is going to be responsible for collecting those taxes and then remitting those taxes back to the Department of Revenue. Um, and it sets a standard uh, fee for ownership. So when you go to renew your tax, you'll be paying an additional um, $120 uh, for your standard four-wheel vehicle, whether that's a, you know, an SUV or you know, a standard stand, what have you, and $60 for an electric motorcycle, which I have yet to hear of, but at least we're ahead of the game on something. There you go. And, and this is not something that's unique to Kentucky. Obviously, as electric vehicles and hybrids continue to uh, increase in sales volume, other states are uh, doing this as well to make up for those differences. And we'll, this will be a continuing ongoing thing as EVs uh, continue to uh, be manufactured and sold. Uh, so this is an iteration of that, but it certainly won't be the last as, as things develop. Well, and the effective date on this is... Uh... January. January 1, 2024, uh, right. when this tax structure will go into place. Um, and it's it's going to be three cents per kilowatt hour uh, that is going to be charged when you're going to charge your electric vehicle. So let's say you stop somewhere and you've got to pay for that electric charge. That's what will be, will be assessed. They did not include residential charging stations in that taxation. Yeah, and that's a good point because we're going to be seeing more and more, more and more of those as well, as as things continue down this uh, uh, EV path that we uh, apparently are on here. In fact, uh, just as a quick aside, um, the uh, uh, at the time of this airing, the uh, Ford F one fifty Lightning uh, is announced, and they're going to it's going to start hitting dealerships here within the next month or so. I've already reached out to a couple of our dealers to let us know when that comes, and we'll. Uh, take a look at it and report on that and, and probably make make some uh, public comments on that. So the general public and media and all who uh, care to know, understand that dealers are into the EV business. We're excited about it and uh, we're here to uh, handle all your EV needs. So that's something else coming down the road that we can uh, look forward to and speak about. Well, and with two massive uh, battery plants now being uh, announced here in Kentucky between Ford and the European company that's coming in, uh, we really are going to be front and center 
on yeah. EV production and, and building here. We are, and that's that that can be uh that'll make for some interesting times and sessions ahead, both positive and potentially some some upcoming challenges we may face. But we'll be ready to do so as uh as always with our tired legislative team here. I like your uh <laughs> title for those of you not watching, you know, of course on these Zoom calls you have your name, but uh, Tom and Ryan are the self-described tired legislative team, and rightfully so. Guys, this was a uh, uh, a long session in a lot of ways, <laughs> literally, as well as uh, figuratively. Jason, we're really proud to say that we had a clean sweep <laughs> of legislative priorities for KADA this year, and that's that's due to the work that you did, and particularly on the dealers who made the phone calls and reached out to legislators and let them know the concerns they had. Yes, and, that, and thank you for saying that. That's a great point. Uh, those of you listening and watching, um, you're part of this. You're, you're the advocacy uh, of, of KADA. We, we represent you, but uh, there's nothing like having that contact with your legislator directly by phone, email, all the above in person uh, to convey the, point, the points we want to make and ensure the importance of what we're trying to get done happens. So thank you all for being responsive when we send those emails out saying, pick up the phones, write those emails. Uh, it helps. It really does. So with that, gentlemen, uh, any final comments or are we ready to move on and uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, have, a, have a nice break until next session? You do what you want. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, gentlemen, uh, both Tom Underwood, Ryan Underwood, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for this recap. Folks listening or watching at home, there'll be more of this down the road as things develop. We'll always keep you apprised of things. So thank you for joining us in this edition of Kentucky Horsepower, and we'll see you all down the road.